Please tell me what to do, Lord Hellion. I cannot hear your voice in this forsaken place, and I feel so alone. I will not come back until the job is finished. I will not fail you, will not waver for an instant. But I long to hear your voice once more, to sing your praises in your hallowed halls, to drag the sheep of Scrapwall kicking and screaming into your flock. I know that I will return to you one day soon, and we will ride together to your rightful throne. All I do, I do to bring that day closer. This is Pot Against the Machine. Welcome back to Pot Against the Machine, the only actual play podcast cool enough to shoot beams of pure magical heat at damaged nuclear reactors. I'm your host, Sam, and here is everybody. Hello. Hi. Hello. That went too well. <laughs> Freaked out. We're level four now. I know. That's how I felt about the boss fight. Went too mm, well. Fair. Really? Freaked out. Oh, I thought you said it, thinking it went too well, like the <laughs> boss fight. <laughs> now, I mean, after beating her, us. we have leveled up to level five now, correct? Yay! And level six we are, and it's a great level for bricks, I'll tell you what. Why don't you just take a mythic tier where Dope. given stuff. Oh, another one? Yeah. Okay, yeah, totally. <laughs> you guys have been playing Gestalt this whole time, right? Uh-huh. I'm not the only one who's been two classes for every level. <laughs> Well, uh, when last we left the very capable four, nothing major happened. They were just kind of hanging out. Then I think they got in a little bit of a ruckus with just a lady with some purple hair. Tempers flared for a minute, but everybody calmed down after um, she was knocked unconscious. And that's where we are. Um, So. No, sorry. Sorry. I'm I'm not going to let this go. Uh for users at home. Sam's background is just mysteriously changed and he would like us to pretend it's not true, but it is true. I don't know what you're talking Sam. about. This is the room that I'm in. It shouldn't be. That's not a good place to record. You're gonna <laughs> hey, die. You've never recorded from a murder cabin before? Not once. See, I've heard overwhelming menace is great for acoustics. Mm-hmm. Like the... Uh... Monty Python, the Holy Grail, uh, stained glass window there in the back. <laughs> the one redeeming factor. Got these helpful automatons and, you know, a broken clock. And Weirdly, it's day. Is that Harvey Birdman? <laughs> it's always, it's always a good day, sign. Sam. Always day in the cabin. <laughs> okay, so aside from Sam facing uh, inevitable doom. How about the rest of us who are not in terror cabins? I'm staring down a hurricane, but other than that, great. I'm waiting for the point where Hetuath comes out again and punches me in the face. <laughs> because 
Yeah. It's going to be like the family guy raccoon. Open up the microwave, raccoon jumps out. <laughs> We're going to go and turn the, press this reactor button on, and it's just going to be, and Hetwas is going to burst out of it like the Kool-Aid man. Scurry on out of there. He's going to say, <laughs> oh, yeah, bricks. and then knock Bricksby out. <laughs> yep. Uh, it happens. It could. It's coming. Then we'll finally get to ask him what he meant. <laughs> um, so the current situation that we find ourselves in, uh, the party is in the reactor room of the underground ruin, or under the mountain ruin, and um, the corpse of Sanville Tret has been transported in here. There is a um, broken robot that was taken to the ground during last episode and Kira has just struck Mayanda down and she has collapsed to the ground um, up on a platform a little ways off the ground and she is unconscious and dying and we are still in initiative and I believe it is Vargas's turn okay uh, it has not been ten minutes since three turns ago so Vargas is still up and conscious and he just can you I'd probably have to roll a knowledge to know this I was going to say can you stabilize an android like can I go up in there and try to do a heal check because I don't have any magical healing uh, you can roll a knowledge local or that is a 15 uh, with a 15 you are reasonably confident that at least um, Bleeding-wise, uh, she works about the same as a normal living being, and she can probably be stabilized in much the same way. Okay, uh, so is it possible to climb up this thing so I have to waste three-quarters of my turn going up the ladder? Um, it'll be a tough climb check as it is like a metal wall, but uh, you can give it a shot. Where's my climb? I got a plus three. I'm going to try it. Natural one, so that is a four. Um, so you scramble comically on the wall, but I'm afraid can't get any traction. Okay, uh, so I guess that's, would that be my move then for this turn? Or, or? Uh, that's probably a move action, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I can use a second move action then to start going towards the ladder, and that'll be the end of his turn. And he'll say out loud, don't let her die, we need information. Right, and that takes us to Mayanda's turn, so she is going to roll to stabilize, and I don't think that's going to do it. It is not, so some of her blood leaks out, and she is creeping closer to death, and we are on to Asher. Oh, man. If only I had a grip point left, I could, you know, double jump up there. It'd be so heroic. Uh, but I don't Cause I, and I didn't even get the killing blow so I didn't get that grit back remember when I had a grit cloud do I have any of that temporary grit <laughs> uh, anyway okay being as though I cannot conceivably get there this turn uh, boy. to do a vertical jump is bonkers. How high up is the platform? I believe it is 10 feet. 10 feet. Fantastic. Uh, 
a substantial uh, acrobatics DC. Five feet is 20, so it'd just be a mere DC 40 to jump up 10 feet. Um, so so I, uh, I can't do that. I can, however, make this turn take a real long time. Uh, I can move up, however, five feet to the northeast and then another, well, I guess I'll just move 10 feet to the east and then climb up that ladder. Uh, an, a ladder's climb DC is what, five? Yeah. If it's anchored to a wall like that one is, and yeah. And I can go to move at half speed if I attempt to climb more quickly, which raises the DC by five. So I would just need to get 10 with a minus two to climb. I could climb up there at half speed. I would have so that would get me all the way to the top. I'm gonna try that. I'm looking to roll a 12 or higher, and I'm gonna give this new uh, sparkling rosé dice from Dice Envy a go. I just need a 12 or higher. I'm at, I'm, I'm looking at the, the D20 now. You guys know that. I could just get a 12 or higher. Let's do this. 15 on the dice. Nice. <laughs> so that lets me move up at half speed, which will get me up 10 feet. So right up to the top. And then I'll move down towards her. 5, 10. And I guess. Just, uh, 15, 20, move through her square. And kind of just stand right above her so that if somebody else can get up there faster, I'm not blocking them. Um, and when she pops up with that feat of broken, not beaten, and punches somebody, I'm right there. <laughs> that's, that's my whole turn. When we edit this, it'll only take like 40 seconds instead of three and a half minutes. Listeners won't even know. All right. It's been like a month since we played. <laughs> All right, uh, that brings us to Brixby. Um, so Brixby can tell that he's not going to be able to get up there in time. And, you know, it's, it's probably best that Brixby isn't the healer, because if he was in Asher's place, he would have just grapnel-gunned the android to him and then just healed them on the ground, <laughs> maybe killing the android in the moment. Uh, so I'm going to focus on a charge that I like a lot more than the robot lady, uh, Vargas. And um, so he asked me earlier to heal him. Um, Brixby is, is going to kind of grab Vargas as Vargas is like, don't let her die, and kind of runs by. He's going to put a pot up and just be like, I think Ash is coded. Uh, do you still need healing? And he's going to turn and look at you and go, yes, do, do that again, please. Because uh, everybody remembers from last week, you healed him and he had a vision of his god. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Time for more space drugs. All right, so I'm going to roll a couple D100s here. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> 18 and 63. I'm guessing you're going to want the um, 63 because that is normal effect, but we need a hallucinogenic. Yeah, well, it's hallucinogenic. We need a fort save from Vargas. Oh, yeah. Die with a 
plus 7, so that is a 17. All right, with a 17, Vargas is not confused, but he does see some, you know, weird sparkles around the edges of his vision. Just little hints of the hallucinogenic state, but no full-on vision of Gorham this time. Okay. Uh, What's he get? Uh, he gets, let's see, it is... Remind me again, is it 1d8 plus 1? Yeah. For this? Alright, cool. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, remember it's if it was a light, I think, right? Alright, I rolled a 5, so you get a 6. Nice. So that means when my thing wears off, I will be over <laughs> <laughs> my minimum, so I'm not going to immediately pass back out. Hooray! Yay! Good. That's always uh, doing it. Yeah. And Bricks has a slight twinge of guilt of not um, you know, opting to heal him earlier when he had asked for healing, uh, so he just um, looks pleadingly up at him. Hope you're okay. And that's it. Alright, and that brings us to Kira. Uh, I mean, oh god, I mean, what can I possibly do here? I guess it can go poke at the android with everyone else, and by everyone else, I mean Asher. But that's going to require a whole bunch of different moves. Climbing. You just, you just hook her with the lucerne and pull her down. <laughs> so Asher has to go chase her. Get down here. Um, yeah, come back. <laughs> climbing is a move action. Yeah. Do I count as in front of the ladder already? Um. Yeah, you're adjacent to the ladder, so... So, do I need to roll to climb a ladder, or can I just get on up there? Jeff is saying yes. Yeah, it's a DC-5 uh, climb check. So, is, if you have a um, climb uh, skill of 4 or greater, basically, you can't fail. Well, wouldn't you know it, I have a minus... No, I have a zero. But also, I rolled a 4, so... <laughs> you failed just gonna... to climb a ladder. <laughs> She stands there and stares at it for a little bit and is like, hmm. Uh, better try the other way. Asher, don't die. That's the plan. I, that's, that's, I guess that's going to be it. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, Vargas again. Uh, Vargas is going to climb the ladder instead of attempting to climb the wall. That is a 11 plus 3. That is a 14 to climb at half speed. Okay. So it's 10 feet, right, the yeah. ladder? So that's plenty to get okay, to the top. Yeah, so he can get, yeah, so he can get up with 20, and then the rest of his movement is just going to be whoever far he can. Yeah, so he can get right next to him, and that'll be his turn. Double move. All right. We are back up to Mayanda's turn, and she is going to roll to stabilize once more. Well, that's a 19 on the die, so it seems that she has stopped leaking uh, her android pseudo-blood. Uh, and uh, she's just lying there, uh, apparently no longer in danger of imminently dying. My work is done. <laughs> yeah. Great job, Asher. Since she's stable, I'm gonna uh, take us out of initiative. Woo well, 
does seem like it might be both fitting and interesting to inject a robot with robots. If we wanted to use the nanites to heal her, for all I know, they'll be even more effective. Uh, it, it takes little inducement to bring Bix, Brixby over with the nanite gun. Um, before I jab her, though, uh, we might either want to use some of this zip type to, uh, you know, restrain her, possibly take away that thing around her neck, Sam? Question mark? Yeah. Wherever her holy symbol is. Yeah, yeah it's around her neck. I mean, so honestly. Put the tape around her neck. <laughs> yeah, if she looks <laughs> if she looks pretty stable, this might be a good time to part her from a bunch of her stuff before we yeah. even begin to heal her. So maybe take the time to zip taper and, and take all of her gear. I like it. Yeah. Ion taper hands, zip stick to activate. So she is nicely bound and unconscious. And she's wearing uh what looks like a chain shirt. She's also got that very snazzy looking spiked gauntlet. Uh, she had that gun that she fired at Asher a number of times. Um, searching her a little bit more. I and mean, she's got the um, silver holy symbol um, they believe to be of Hellion. And she's wearing a masterwork backpack. Uh, inside of which you find 62 gold, 11 silver discs, what appears to be uh, a gun much like the uh, space drugs gun that you have, uh, but it doesn't look as beat up, for one thing. But it's also got a, a black stripe on it instead of a brown one. And uh, two nanite canisters, which are the fuel for the space drug gun. So that'd be an engineering to learn about the black stripe nano gun. Uh, yeah, that would be an uh, engineering. Hey, nat 20 on the Miami Dice. Nice. So, uh, 29. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, this is a black nanite hypogun. And it is not time-worn. So, much like the time-worn brown nanite hypogun um, you've been using... It can use the, the um, nanite cartridges to, um, when injected into a person, uh, give a healing effect with one charge. In this case, 2d8 plus 3 healing uh, with one charge. Or if you expend five charges, it basically can provide the services of a lesser restoration. So that's a. Could the other one do that too? Uh, the other one could do remove sickness, which is one of the most useless okay. spells in the game. <laughs> with five charges. Well, this is certainly in much better condition than our trusty doctor's equipment we've utilized thus far. It's the healing of a cure moderate wounds potion. And I get the feeling with five charges it could even remove ability score damage or something along those lines. I know what an ability score is. We can edit that out. <laughs> it could help restore our abilities if they've been damaged. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, this doesn't look as, you know, addled. Um, he's turning it over in his hands and says, Asher, you could use this without any negative consequence. 
He kind of looks affectionately at the broken Time Warren gun. He's, this one needs me. You know, my torch. Somewhere in the distance, a um, iridescent space dragon cries. Um, You've also got that gun um, that Mayanda was using, which um, requires both an engineering check and a spellcraft check uh, to examine. Spellcraft means magical. So that's my engineering right there. I only rolled an 18 for that one, but I'll throw a spellcraft at it as well. Better than my engineering. I had a 16 total. Can't stop rolling them sevens. Got a 16 for my spellcraft. No joke, I also rolled a seven <laughs> on my engineering. Ooh, <laughs> nothing but sevens. So since we got three sevens and we've played a casino episode, that means jackpot. we get the jackpot of information. <laughs> well, you already That's know most of what this thing does because Asher was shot with it several times. Uh, this is <laughs> a plus one Inferno pistol. An Inferno pistol is a less refined variant of a longer range laser pistol. Unlike a laser pistol, which uses an intensely focused beam of light to burn a target, an Inferno pistol is much less elegant. It generates a blob of molten red-hot metal and fires what appears to be a burning pellet uh, with a soft hissing sound. This material is consumed upon firing, leaving behind nothing but ash and painful burns on anything it strikes. On a critical hit, the shot from an Inferno pistol also inflicts one point of burn damage. It's not too bad. Um, it does use the nanite canisters for ammo, uh, the same as the healing guns. Oh. Doesn't make much sense. Because <laughs> they don't want you to have nice things. I was hoping it would use the uh, those dumb batteries. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, we have the silver discs and batteries for days. We have like a thousand of those. Well, you could re-engineer the gun to fire goo tubes. <laughs> Um, so how much, how many nanites are in each canister, Sam? Uh, there are 10 doses in each canister, and then the hypo gun still has five charges in it. Um, okay, but each round would just use one dose of the nanite gun if it were yeah. used inside yeah, the, the only th- pistol. The only thing that uses more is that lesser restoration. All right, cool. And does the Inferno pistol have nanites in it still? Um... I may or may not have forgotten to keep track during the fight, but she probably only has, like, two left. Okay. Now, rifling around in that masterwork backpack of Mayanda's, buried way deep down in the bottom, kind of tucked under the seam, so you might not even notice it. There's just a little plastic card. And if you pull it out... The strip on it, it's weirdly, it's white, which probably means that it's broken. So you throw it away, because um, that's just garbage. Um, moving on. Ah, <laughs> uh, finally. Yeah, screams, I hate technology and crushes it to dust. <laughs> she just has a brown, brown one for no reason, worse than everybody else. Uh, Asher oh, vaults so- off the platform and runs with the white key card <laughs> towards the chest. I've got to know. 
Speaking of needing to know, so seeing that the android is well in hand and Asher is probably like adding another gun to the gun pile as we speak, I was kind of interested in what was pulled out of Sandville's head. Ah. Um, yeah, her. Yes, was her gauntlet that she had anything special, or was that her own body that was letting her do that? Uh, the gauntlet's just a masterwork spice spiked gauntlet. It's spiced, actually. Uh, taste of cumin. Cinnamon. <laughs> oh, cumin, my bad. Earthy. Okay, so that was some ability of hers then that was letting her do whatever she was doing to Sandra's head. Yeah. Um, so if you go and um, find the little bloody piece of plastic on the floor that she um, dug out of Sandville's head. Um, it looked, it's it's very, very small, less than an inch wide and less than an inch deep. Uh, you can do a knowledge engineering on that one. Alrighty. Alright, with a 15 on the die, Rix is a 26. Ah, nice. You are looking at a piece of cybernetics called a skill slot. A skill slot is a small port implanted into the target's brain, uh, leaving a port, an accessible port at the base of the skull, um, which is covered by a flap of skin when not in use. Once installed, the skill slot has no effect unless a skill chip is inserted into the port. An inserted skill chip enhances the user's abilities in the skill encoded in the chip. The magnitude to which the skill is enhanced depends upon the power of the skill chip. It does not grant ranks, um, it takes 10 minutes for a skill chip to adjust itself to a new skill slot, and during this time, the user takes a minus two penalty on all skill checks as distracting sensations flood his mind. Um, now, there is currently a skill chip in there, and since you got a 26 on the knowledge engineering, I'll just give it to you. This is a Mark I knowledge engineering skill chip. So... This tiny card, which basically looks like a micro um, SD card, inserted into the skill slot, which again gets inserted into your brain, grants a plus two enhancement bonus to knowledge engineering. Um, if it's equipped in your head. Very cool. So <laughs> Bricks is going to turn around and uh, stare down at Sandville. A little confused because it's the first time that he's ever actually seen this technology in real life, um, but also just a little sad um, under his breath. Oh, Mocha. Turn around and say, uh, and this little beauty she was pulling out of Sandville's bones is a uh, skill slot. Allows you to uh, upgrade your abilities by using chips interface with your brain goes in there and appears to be yanked out of your head summarily if you're killed. Turns out those delicious potato snacks aren't simply empty calories. Who knew their potential? <laughs> I don't I don't think you should eat this, Asher. But thank you for clarifying. My pleasure. Um, I don't have any... Like, I think at this juncture, like, 
at least the novelty of this this technology doesn't Brix isn't like, oh yeah, this is me just yet. I think he's looking kind of warily at this thing that was just you know, removed from his acquaintance's head just a little while ago. Yeah. Um, and that also applies to pretty much everything else. I mean, his, his eyebrows go up at the white access card, but I'm not particularly interested in anything else. Nothing here is time-worn, so it doesn't need to necessarily go to me. And I've got, got these cool glasses, which I forgot about. Does a 26 tell you how one inserts a skill slot? You just jam it in there? Um, you basically... I'm going to have to look up the rules offline, but there's all sorts of rules for installing cybernetics. Great. Okay, so let's just hang on to that for now. No one needs to put that in their heads. I mean, who knows where he even got this? Um, Or what else might be in it, or... For now, it's worth holding on to, obviously, the skill of identifying this technology is useful. So, speaking of which, he turns to the reactor itself. So, is this the torch? Well, it's the right color, at least. Right? Everything is purple here. Yeah, I mean, this reactor, it's massive, and it's thrumming uh, with power. Um, And there are displays all over the room and different instruments, all tubes hooked into the reactor running uh, to different devices and machines. Everything's in Androphin, and everything is beat up. Uh, Even the reactor itself looks like it's taken a beating. Um, Let me know what you Uh want to do. Well, this might be a perception check, but do we immediately see anything that doesn't look like it belongs there? Or it looks like it doesn't belong there? Like, specifically, if we have the power relay, we knew that that was relaying power from down here. Do we see some other sort of thing that looks yeah, like, like is there that? anything stuck to it, basically? Totally, yeah. I, something that, I mean... It's not like we'd know what a normal crashed alien ship reactor looks like, but in case we do, does this fall outside of the norm? I mean, if you want to roll um, perception checks to take a look around. A 17 for bricks. Five total. Uh, dirty 20. Um, with a dirty 20, it looks like everything in here and everything attached to this reactor is old and, you know, if it hasn't been here for a long time, it's um, certainly disguised well enough to look like it. Um, but a bunch of the screens are sort of flashing things in Androphin characters that look like warnings um and they look like red flashy menacing kind of messages well that seems like that would be Brixbo's next stop I don't know what other folks want to do yeah no Kira would say um I don't really know what any of this stuff is but the flashing kind of looks bad 
Rick, sometimes you know weird things. Do you know this weird thing? Rick will start pulling out some of the papers that he keeps on his belt pouch and smoothing them out in front of the terminal, trying to decipher the androphin on the screen. Uh, the main thing uh, that you see on most of the screens, uh, just a repeated message um, that says, Hoots, Aiken, Gany does techo. Failsafe override. So, do I have any other options there, or is this just, I'm, I'm just getting this prompt here. Is, it, uh, is there anything on the... Okay. I mean, to be a little bit clear about what you're seeing, it looks like there's a failsafe that wants to click on that is being overridden. Um, somebody basically blo- is blocking the failsafe from running. I, I would love to let the failsafe fail safe. Fail safe, ah. do its thing. Yeah. Well, you fail um, safe. Well, in order to fail safely, you're gonna need a disable device check. Ooh, here it comes. Let me just make sure. I... Alrighty. If this happens to be a high tech or mechanical trap, then we are gonna add another two onto this. But we are looking at an 18 for the first roll. With an 18 um, running through it, I'm going to need you to make a reflex save. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Hey. Right, that is a dirty 20. Nice. With a dirty 20, uh, Brixby manages to uh, jump out of the way as something sparks as he's messing with uh, one of the monitors, and he takes uh, four points of electricity damage. Uh, as one of the consoles just blows some component deep down inside itself and shoots an arc across the room. Well, I can afford to take a few more of those. Kind of cracks his fingers. And we'll take one more whack at the old disabling devicing. Oh! Oh! Nice. (laughs) It's a nat 20, making that a 32 in total. Very nice. So as Brixby's sitting down in front of the one of the consoles here, uh, perhaps the console next to the one that just electrocuted him, and the room is just audibly thrumming with this constant and he's clicking um, and typing around, typing madly, running through all these different things in a language he barely understands. And suddenly, right when he, he feels like he's got it, and there's a heavy, deep bang like thunder um, inside the reactor. And it rings out once and twice, and then the lights go out. All of the lights. And then the two large central columns of the reactor itself, there's a whooshing sound, like a waterfall pouring down from above, filling an empty space. The screens in front of Brixby all blink back to life again at the same time, and the slight illumination now is the only light source in the room. And Drawfin characters spell out Akatasak Segura Bihurtsia, initializing failsafe, scrolls across the screen. 
Heat seems to be building up in the room now, radiating from the tubes, and then purple flames roll up through the translucent tubes, highlighting a web of hairline cracks in the massive aperture with eerie, otherworldly light. The cracks spread and expand as the foremost tube pulses and threatens to burst under the newfound pressure inside, and the screens click and blink, displaying the displays all changing to say, Akatsa Segura Abiatu. Failsafe initiated, in perfect tandem. Both tubes have become solid columns of purple flame, rolling upward like a reverse waterfall. The ground shudders, and the entire deck seems to move down a couple inches from the sheer force of it. The lights all click back on, first dim but steadily brightening up to their former states, and the constant humming that had filled the air the entire time you've been here dies away to a much duller mechanical... A final message appears on the screen. Larialdico, Eritecorin, Eritsepena, Akibatuta, Sisteric, Egenkorak. You can breathe a sigh of relief. Emergency reactor ventilation engaged. System stable. <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, up until this point, I'd believe it if Neil Spicer was just like. And if this little jerk rolls a nat 20 right here, we're going to blow this whole thing up. <laughs> I believe it. You turn it on too good and it ignores all the yep. fail safes and just blows itself up from overpowering. Well, we didn't make that check first for structural integrity. Mm. And so the whole thing just implodes. The hairline cracks. Hairline cracks. You shouldn't have That's hit it with so many ion tape was for. scorching rays. <laughs> Speaking um, of scorching, you mentioned that it was radiating from the tubes. Yeah. <laughs> Do we, we uh, feel anything in this vicinity of the reactor? We have a little radiation detector, right? And it's time-worn. Um, and I, we've got a ton of batteries. Let's pull this little guy out. Just give it a little Geiger clicky clicks. All right, you're going to fire up the radiation detector? We got a bunch of batteries. Why not? Got a bunch of batteries. All right. Why don't you give me one of the old roll a ruse for our D one hundred roll a ruse for Canonically, possible glitch? Rolls twice. Oh yeah. Ooh, ninety three and a fifty nine. Nice. All right. Well, with a ninety three, which I believe is what you're gonna want here. Not only does the radiation detector function normally, a freak power surge inside it uh, recharges the battery. Um, hey! By if it grants it four more charges. So, basically, free charge. Very cool. Um, but as you click on the radiation detector, uh, it doesn't look like you're in any danger. It doesn't look like there's any real radiation in the room other than the reactor with the spotty containment. It's not leaking, is the point. It's not leaking. It's not it's leaking right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the graphic? It failed safely. Not, not, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yep. Alright, cool. Um, so Vargas and Brixby uh, enact a couple Chernobyl bits, and then yeah. yeah, Vargas is in the elevator. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Vargas just left. He's gone. 
<laughs> yeah, he ran out of the room as soon as it started lighting up. So uh, Brixby looks up and is like, oh, "Probably put it back kind of closer." Surprisingly, uh, surprisingly, uh, it's safe in here, at least uh, from the, the radiation. I'm still not quite sure what it is, but the amount of things in here designed to inure us from it horrify me. So, yeah. Puts it away. Vargas will uh, yell through the doorway, Did it work? <laughs> yes. Let's all respond like we're one singular meshed horrible event horizon. <laughs> no. Uh. Before we wake uh, android antagonist, I recommend we move her away from the reactor so she doesn't have an opportunity to slip through her grasp and deactivate it, perhaps. Okay. Agreed. And then Kira just stoops, grabs like a, just a handful of clothing and throws her over her shoulder. Yeah, right, I imagine, more bodies. Well, if Brix is doing all of this kind of investigation of the technical side of things, he just sort of assumed the team muscle and diplomacy would handle handle the android. Yeah, I mean, that all um, all that work that Brixby was doing, that took like 20 minutes. That's what I figured, yeah. Ah. Did, was her chain shirt, did you say it was magical, or did I just... No, the, the chain shirt's mundane. Okay. Then yeah, why, uh, while, while Brixby is just doing his thing that he does best, uh, other than medical professional, yeah, the, uh, the three of us, I guess, could treat and revive Mayanda. I don't know, do we want to wait we to revive her till the uh, reactor's back on? We could use some more of the tape to, like, tie her to the hand statue, too, on top of tying her up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the idea. tie her to the ladder or something at the bottom. Yeah, something, well, but we don't want her to be in the reactor room though right yeah i kind of think we should get her away from the reactor room like logically i don't know what she could possibly do but also she's scary i was thinking like is the hand statue big enough that like we could put her in the palm and tire <laughs> to one of the set fingers? her in like, there how big is that thing um like one of those chairs from the 90s yeah it, it's um <laughs> about big enough that you could fit a person in the palm yeah okay yes hellion loves you <laughs> He holds you in his hand. She'll just kind of lullaby while we tie her lovingly to the hand. <laughs> Poor Mayanda. And I wonder if we should use regular rope for that in case she has something that can... Because if you run a current through that again, does it go back to not being... Yeah, it'll go slack and basically become duct tape. Sky metal. Yeah, so use the magnet tape, like, to get her wrists and ankles, and then just use, like, regular rope to tie her to the statue, just in case she can do, like, a pulse or something. Smart. Do we need a CMB for that hot time? I don't know what androids can do. I never bothered to try to build one I should have. I could have cheated and known what all her abilities were. (laughs) 
When you're restraining somebody, do we need to make a CMB roll to know what her DC would be to escape? I believe is that how the, it works? the DC... Or is it like survival or something? I believe or the DC is just the CMD rate. of the person who ties her up. Okay. Isn't it plus something for the rope? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I thought it was like 20 plus the CMB. Uh, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I, I think that it's the CMD of the person who ties her up because it's usually mechanically the best idea to have the strongest person do the tying so it's the hardest CMT uh, if you have a target pinned or otherwise you're staring or unconscious you can use rope to tie her up this works like a pin effect but the DC to escape the bond is equal to 20 plus your combat maneuver bonus instead of your CMD oh, okay the ropes do not need to make a check every round to maintain the pin. If you're grappling the target, you can attempt to tie her up in ropes, but doing so requires a combat maneuver check and a minus 10 penalty. So it's 20 plus your CMB. Cool. Yeah. That's pretty high. Cure the strong. Yeah, I can tie, tie her up. Um, but I don't know that she's going to leave Bricks in the room by himself, so just... Vargas, you want to switch places? I promise it's not um, elevators in here. He's going to go back. Not really, but okay. And he'll come back in here. Yay. Okay. And then we'll just tie some rope there, and we did it. Now, I know normally you reserve stickers for your companions. Do you have any... I'm sorry you were embarrassingly defeated so close to achieving your ultimate machinations stickers. It's funny that you would ask because actually Joanne's just had a sale on weirdly specific stickers like two weeks ago and I got one for this. Hang on. Uh, And she'll pull out a sticker uh, and give it to Mayanda and then be a little bit disappointed. It's like, ah, sorry you were really embarrassingly defeated uh, so close to something something machinations. Does this work? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm hoping that if she wakes up and sees that we're not sort of bragging about our victory, but instead are potential allies, it may circumstantially aid us in our interrogation. So should I give her another sticker? I wouldn't overdo it, but... Maybe you could compliment her hair or something. Probably mean more coming from you. Cool. It's like top tier radio. (laughs) (laughs) So then we wake her up. Alright, um... So you're healing her enough to bring her back to consciousness? Yeah. Yeah, uh... Asher has, according to my notes from a month ago, I have one lay on hands remaining... That'll that'll only do a D6. I don't know if that'll even be enough, but I could try. Yeah, go for it. And that's uh, five little kitty paw prints on this Holy Nexus D6. Uh, she is still out. Well, that was the last of my divine energies. I suppose we'll rest, and then tomorrow I can do this more times. <laughs> She isn't going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) We have some extra potions. Although she did try to kill you and Vargas. I mean, 
Well, I had the thought of perhaps taking her back to a cleric whose channels wouldn't adversely affect our own resources. But now that we have what surely will unlock the greatest treasures under this mountain in our hands, I'd be loath to leave and return to the surface without first unlocking that. We could just wait until we're ready to go. I'm pretty good at carrying unconscious bodies. I don't want to brag, but if we decide to go that route, she'll be like a fun pet villain. <laughs> I don't know what, how to respond to that. And neither does Jeff. <laughs> that was No, that was perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. Both Asher and Jeff. Great job. All right, so you're leaving Mayanda bound there for the time being? Yeah, not not totally unsupervised. That that just screams this one got away and like Garmin's going to reappear from being invisible this entire time and just run off with her. <laughs> and I will be just livid. I mean, we could always tie her to one of the rolly office chairs and just drag her Push around. Her out. <laughs> just one with like one wheel that doesn't work really well (laughs) so it's a really bumpy ride I kind of like bringing her with us or at least leaving someone here which seems like the worst idea yeah I mean we can we can bring her along hey this is morbid ish do androids need to breathe Um, no they don't in Starfinder I don't know if they do or not in Pathfinder that's what I wasn't sure about we got Hondo P put her in that bag (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure either way. They don't see any I mean they're not specifically immune to like suffocation, but I don't know that that's a specific effect that's called out in Pathfinder. But I mean since we know they don't breathe in Starfinder, they would say no, she doesn't have to breathe. Oh yeah. Roll her up and put her in there. We can even give her the dead friend blanket. Do we still have the dead friend blanket? Yeah, we wouldn't have gotten rid of that. Dead friends and live enemies. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we'll uh, yeah, just pop her in the bag of holding. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Ah, crap, I just found the answer to a question I was wondering about. Uh, the an Artificer does not gain any bonuses from items that would normally increase the damage of an unarmed attack. Yeah. I was wondering if I could wear that spike gauntlet, mm. but it would not stack with my punching. Would it I let your punches it. be piercing? Uh, I don't know. It just says that it doesn't gain bonuses, and then it gives an example like an amulet's a mighty fist type thing. It says it doesn't gain any bonuses from anything that would give a bonus to unarmed. I think it makes sense if it would let you change the damage type to, to like piercing or slashing, but I don't know. Gains no benefit from items that enhance unarmed strikes. Mm. Yeah, because it would change it to piercing. Which, to be fair, I can do as a thing, but I have to take a ability to do that. Which I was planning to take eventually anyway, but not yet. <laughs> I don't think we've been confronted with a ton of, like, piercing overcomes this DR sort of thing nearly as much as 
we've already addressed with like the adamantine. Um, I think it's worth bringing. You can always pop it on if we have a weird yeah, use and, for it. And somebody else could always use it too, because it's good if someone's weapon gets knocked out of their hand or something. Yeah, totally. Um, so we're, we're making a Roborito, <laughs> and then are we gonna. Is it like very bad and gamey that I'm just like, and we disregard everything, including the torch being on, go directly into the elevator and directly to the white key card room because I want to know just like Jeff <laughs> so bad. I know Brixby would probably be just staring at the reactor for like 30 minutes straight, just genuflecting in the soft yeah, glow. Like, but like, I feel like Vargas would want to be interrogating her about Hellion. Meanwhile, I, the player, want to be in that room with those blood jellies, dual wielding those crossbows we stole from those rats so we can find out what's in there. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to open all the things. Kira's pretty stoked about the torch, but uh, Izzy wants to see all of the rooms. How do we make both of those things happen? We have whole decks we haven't explored. I mean, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, there's two other floors, aren't yeah. there? Yeah, we have we have two whole decks we have to explore. We have the room to the south, which has robots directly to the south of us right now. Um, but I mean, <clears throat> you know, oh, there's that's a. It's got me wondering, like, from a like the player, the character's point of view. Would they want to go back up and no. see if the torch is lit before re- checking these other rooms? Or would they, like, I'm honestly trying to think what Well, I think our, do. our interaction with Sandville makes me say no. Because up yeah. until this point, I would have said yes. But the second that Sandville told us there's, like, a clicking, t- like, or, sorry, a ticking clock on the Technicleak stuff, yeah. I feel like Bricks would want to get everything out of here known whatever before we get topside because like i think it would be fun to go back up and just convince everybody else in town to tell the league the torch never went out so they get here in like three days (laughs) and it's working and we're like yeah no sandville's just nuts (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, he took on a whole like team of half works and yasoki he just went crazy that guy uh, no, Kira would want to see the torch back on, but I think she can be easily convinced otherwise. Uh, can we take a 20 in awe and genuflection? Is that... Do you need to... That's not <laughs> what we could just say. I'm doing it. You automatically pass room. that check. That's a DC one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's just like part of me would assume that like, oh, wow, okay, maybe this is it. Maybe the reactor is on. We don't know if there's like comparable rooms on other floors. I mean, me, the player, feels like we beat the boss. We're on the engineering floor. This is probably all we have to do. But I would I would also say one of the other arguments against us is rushing outside to see if the reactor is on. Is, is we don't even know if we've we've touched all the buttons. We did our power reset once, and now we've done a fail safe. We don't know if there's anything else under here that you know, right? So it'd be a lot easier. Yeah, do we even know? Because there's at least one more room on this level we haven't looked at, right? Because wasn't there supposed to be a room full of broken robots? Yeah, robot room to the south. Yeah. So yeah. that would be a. It's a potential battle. You know, that's something well, I'm just for us thinking to think like about other soon, places right? where there could be, like for all we know, there could be five of these things we have to turn back. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Totally. We don't know how many of these there potentially are. I still think this is probably the only one and there's a good chance that we've got yeah. it done. But, you know, again, 
we yeah again we I'm just should... trying to think like in character of like we wouldn't our characters wouldn't know how many engines the thing would have we don't know what an engine is I mean, we did see the hollow table with the full like schematics of the ship. Is my only argument against that is now now true. We super don't know how this vessel works, but we would at least have been able to see whether this was the only reactor like room one, yeah. or if there was another one. This is true, but there's still the power room that we even saw the schematics in in the first place. So there might I don't know. I I yeah, agree with you again. There and like, another button or something. Now that we got this running. In my heart of hearts, I feel like we'd probably run outside and see a beautiful torch thrumming in the sky, but I don't know. I just, I feel like we're just under here, man. Plus, we can't just, he can't be a syrup to give us another water breathing, you know? That's just, that's just one water, water breathing too far. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that's the same slot as his uh, heel uh, <laughs> Connor one, so he can't give us any more. Yeah, um... Uh, I, guess I just keep character. thinking I want to text someone in town and be like, hey, is the torch on? But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Vargas pulls out his cell phone. <laughs> it's like no He's service got a 2005 not. Motorola Razor. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think if at this point, you know, we're all done, everything, you're sliding me on the end of the back. Um, this is on Things are normal. Everything's everything's normal with the very capable four. Uh, I think bricks will go. So um, I don't want to speak too soon, but this might have done the right trick. That's it. We don't know what else is down here, or if this actually did it or not. Uh, we have a room on this floor, and two floors we haven't seen. What would you all like to do? Do we think it would be worth it to wake her up now? Maybe ask her if what we did turned the torch back on? If she's really is the one that turned it off, she would know, wouldn't she? Yeah, but what if she lies to us? Yes. My concern exactly. So I guess we're all out here now. It's, otherwise, we're just yelling at each other across rooms. <laughs> just shouting through the doorways across the ship now that it's so quiet. <laughs> what do you think we should do? <laughs> I would sincerely like to find out what was behind this white keycard strip in that chest. We know at least one gearsman might be operational in the robot room. And if we are to, in our current state, embark on another potentially lethal combat, we are starting at a disadvantage. If there's more healing nanites or weaponry or something like that that could restore us as much as possible, chances are if they're anywhere on the decks we've explored so far, it's in that chest, or it could be empty in which case. I would have sent a very nasty email to one Neil Spicer. <laughs> there could also be some type of healing on the... One of the floors of this building was... Quarters, wasn't it? It was living space. There could be something there, too. Yeah, I mean, part of me just wants 
If we're coming up to get the white key card, just rush out and see if we've done the thing. But maybe let's just go there first then, right? Because I agree with you. We're in no shape to face a Kiesman right now. Go to the quarters? Yeah. Or the, no, the key card room. Key card first. Key card. The, the floor we already know, which is like all the way up, right? And then we can... Uh, we may our call from there, what we find in there. We can even get dicey and play with the fungus or the, the blood gushers. We're not doing anything with that freaking fungus. That thing is going to kill us. <laughs> he can stay in his room. The blood gushers we can probably take care of now that we have all the little rat crossbows. It's true. Alright, so you headed up to the um, science deck? Sounds good. One quick ride in the elevator. Uh, the girl from Ipanema plays once more. Do you find your... The elevator takes us right to the bedroom. Yeah, weirdly, it just sort of dumps you off sideways in that bedroom. I didn't see the X's on those for a second and thought there were more <laughs> Benja Pygmies. Oh, no. They've grown back. So Asher sprints out of the elevator straight over to the <laughs> closet top speed. Crazed look in his eyes. Well, Brixby, you uh, certainly have a knack for opening locked things. If there's anyone among us most qualified to do the honors, it's you. Oh, no, 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 my friend. We've waited too long. This requires none of my dolphin around. You just give it a little slide. Go for it. And he kind of grins a little bit. And yes, he will kind of saunter up there. And he'll swipe it, and it's backwards. And he just kind of wipes it on his shirt, and then turns it around and swipes it correctly. It just says, this is a chip card. You're like, oh, God, oh, man. What does NFC stand for? <laughs> um, Non-functional card. <laughs> Error swipe again. Um, so you, you swipe the white key card. The battered oversized locker beeps. A little green light flashes on and the top pops open. All right, what, make a reflex save? No, no, no explosions. <laughs> Is it full of goo tubes? <laughs> Are you looking inside? No, we do. this is all we really wanted. I feel pretty satisfied. <laughs> just satisfied. <laughs> we just wanted to open it. Where you we going? don't care what's in it. Sure, and sure. Makes sense. Inside yet? Um, well, inside there is a very beat up, weird green handheld uh, gun looking thing. Uh, there are four uh, little metal cylinders, about palm-sized, and there is uh, a sort of a bodysuit, like a white bodysuit with lots of pockets and straps and things. They are all um, knowledge engineering. <laughs> Thirteen. For the first thing from Brixby. Uh, 21 on the weird beat up 
green gun looking thing. The weird beat up green gun looking thing is a time worn stun gun. This weapon uses a sonic amplifier to produce powerful low frequency blasts of energy that pummel targets. The weapon has a relatively short range, but the fact that it deals non-lethal damage at range can knock targets prone makes it a favorite for those seeking to capture their foes alive. A hit by a stun gun deals non-lethal damage, and a critical hit um, comes with a free trip combat maneuver attempt against the target, which doesn't provoke attacks of opportunity. That's cool. What is it used for charges? Batteries? Yeah, batteries. Cool. Alright, for the next thing. It's an 18. Uh, 25. It's going to be interesting to get through any descriptions with dog barking directly above my head, but we'll see what we can do. Uh, so <laughs> the tubes, or the cylinders rather, are small cylindrical devices um, that appear to be designed to be thrown as splash weapons or fired from some kind of device that fires such things. Uh, they are in fact grenades. Before being thrown by hand, the grenades must be primed with a quick twist of the dial at one end and then armed with a click of a button at the center of the dial. Priming and arming a grenade is a free action. Um, the grenade detonates at the beginning of the wielder's next turn, hopefully in the area targeted. When the grenade detonates, it damages all targets within a 20-foot radius spread. A successful DC-15 reflex save halves any damage. Um, and the items you found here are two bang grenades which deal no damage but stagger creatures for any creature hit by them for one round and deafen them for 1d4 rounds. You got two of those. Uh, one flash grenade which blinds creatures for 1d4 rounds. And one soft grenade which deals 5d6 points of non-lethal damage. That is it's what I would name a grenade. Soft grenade. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't kill you. It's a, it's a, it's a little baby grenade. It's like a hug. A, a stun grenade or, any, or a riot grenade. It's a soft it's a grenade. soft grenade. Come on. It, it barely does anything. It's like a hug explosion. <gasps> I had a Nerf gun that fired those before. <laughs> An aerosol can. Gently warmed in the sun. <laughs> and then there's just a bodysuit. And, and don't put your aerosol cans in the sun, kids. The only thing that you should gently warm in the solar rays is a tube of gogurt before you take it down. <laughs> Make sure that you keep that gogurt warm. Absolutely. For Izzy's sake. God, don't put this on me. No. Uh, that's another 25 on engineering. Sandstorm D20 has been rolled hot. Thanks, Norse Foundry. Uh, you are looking at a suit of Neroplast armor. This is a lightweight, form-fitting bodysuit that features a variety of pockets, straps, and a built-in interface for automatically adjusting the various colors and patterns on its fabric. Selecting a color or pattern is a full round action that consumes one charge and provokes an attack of opportunity. Capable of cycling through dozens of hues, this armor can be used to adopt sophisticated camouflage patterns that grant a plus three competence bonus on stealth checks. 
Whenever the wearer enters a terrain of significantly different coloration or background patterns, the armor must be recalibrated to its current area to maintain its bonus. I heard confidence bonus, and I was like, that's great! <laughs> it's a very slimming armor. It's a competence bonus, but yeah. Um, it's, it's also plus two AC, um, plus eight max dex, and um, no armor check penalty, and spell failure of 5%. Be good for Asher. Nice. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, situation. I mean, unless you'd rather have something heavier. I was just thinking, like, it'd be good stealthy thing. I can see that coming in handy. Right now, I'm I'm reluctant to part with the five AC, and I know that the real reason is Vargas wants that plus one change shirt. Um, but I'm like only a five percent chance for Brixbow on an arcane spell failure. That's pretty neat. Oh yeah, that's right. Brixby's a rogue. This is Does true. that fit a Yasoki? But I, I assumed it was a medium size. Yeah, it's medium. Um, you'd have to all those belts and straps. Resized. You could cinch it. <laughs> but the idea of it being all like tight and strappy in some places with like the absolute diaper sag in the center. I know. It doesn't uh, do the thing like uh the jacket in Back to the Future 2 where it, like, the <laughs> sleeves all suck up to fit. <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know, I think this is just another cool, like, throw it in the bag with the robot sort of thing. Because, you know, I don't, we don't really have a dedicated sneaky tactic, per se. I'd love to say that I would stealth around, but we've seen what happens when I stealth up to things. <laughs> like, I don't want to encourage me to do that. And plus well, two armor. Plus two AC. <laughs> I know. That's definitely not worth not having my mage armor on. Yeah, well, and does it count as armor? Can you wear mage armor with it, or does it does it count as clothing, or does it count it as armor? It counts as armor, so mage armor would uh, basically re- work. replace yeah, that it. that stinks. Well, so, I mean, it's nice that it does plus eight for your, so you can have a real high dex and still get your full bonus. Yeah, so it's good for somebody Uh, super dex. But nobody here really has, like, a, does anybody here have a very high dex, though? I have a, Asher and I both have pretty pretty high dexes. I have a, I have a 16. uh, 18. Yeah, dex, dex focus character there. But I think even with your dex bonus, that's still not going to be as good as your chain mail, though, right? Yeah. No, my chain shirt. Uh, or chain shirt is, is perfect. It's light. It's magical. Kind of cuts a nice figure underneath the desert wrappings. That one does give you a plus three confidence bonus. I don't know. I want that. Yeah, yeah. The confidence bonus. The stupid, sexy Flanders confidence bonus. <laughs> I mean, with the other one under it, though, you'd look like like fascist stampede with the shirt made out of belt underneath the duster. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So un- under is are these pockets like filled with healing potions or nanite tubes? Sadly, What's no. What's in the pockets? It was only ropes? a box of bombs. Which I think Asher should hold on to, frankly. I could probably know, slot them like, into my bandolier. I don't know if they're a little bit too big or not. As a fun side it note, looked- um, when you were all originally messing with this box and there was talk of Kira smashing it open, 
with a hammer, oh. uh, the text does account for that, um, since you would be hitting a box of bombs with a hammer. So he could have. Good. Spicy for us. Neil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Neil. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Rex is going to turn to the party. Uh, that flame of uh, curiosity quenched. What do we feel like doing? Right on the other side, he hits the wall above the um, <clears throat> the the trunk. Right on the other side of this are those horrible blood balloons. I don't know if we want to try to take them out and check that room out next. The leprosy pinatas, as they were referred to. Indeed, I believe so. Ah, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. It's just like straight up leprosy, leprosy not fantasy leprosy, just no. leprosy. <laughs> yep. So, out of character question that Asher would know the answer to, as would Brixby and Kira. How would the the brightness of the torch's illumination would it be bright enough to where? If we just got towards like the mouth of the cave and didn't actually get out of the river, we'd be able to see it, or would we need to actually swim out, look up, and be like, "Yep." Yeah, you'd you'd probably have to get at least pretty close to the surface since that water is so murky and clouded. Okay. Wonder about that just... dome in the desert, though. Mm. Were we able to see it? No, I had an artificial it sky. Was, right. Yeah, that was fake sky. I mean, so is that the official artwork for that uh, armor? Yeah, that's straight out of the book. Because it's only got like four pockets and no straps. It doesn't look anything like the description. I don't know what to tell you. It does look like your sort of um, starship kind of flight suit. Yeah, just, it's got yeah. cargo pockets, man. It's got like the dad cargo pocket and then got the lower. Yeah, I was like on the cap. It's got less cargo pockets than real cargo pants in real life. I would agree. I would agree with you. Um, the stun gun looks super cool because it looks like a dragon or like a reptile mouth, sort of. You know Alligator I mean? friend, I think Alligator it's been friend. Ah, I didn't even see that. Ah, fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's got the little it eye. It does look like the needler. That's funny. So do you guys think we're in good enough shape to get into a fight with anything? Because here's the thing. If we go into any of these rooms, we're going to do another floor we don't know. We're going to get into a fight. Like, there's going to be one. It could be the blood bags, could be the fungus, could be something else, could be the robot. But, like, are we in the shape uh, to do that? Do we want to go out I and... I have... I have zero spell. Well, I could I could bring back one spell through my um, arcane bond right now. But typical to Brixby, got a bunch of new spells. Use them all immediately. I have two level one spells and three health. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> Seems like a good yeah. answer. I'm, so I I'm, guess the answer is yes. Let's fight something. <laughs> I'm 13 out of 28. Like, like half to. I mean, sorry, should be doing this IC. I, I don't know if I'm up for another fight. I've used most of my resources. And wow, what we found in this trunk is interesting as you were assuming it would be Asher and would give us the edge on many enemies. I don't know if it's going to uh, make the difference. 
looks back at Asher. Or, I'm sorry, looks back at Vargas, who is like probably trying to reattach the junk to his broken arm, just kind of packing it in there, taking a little bit of that like zip tape and or the ion tape. It's just like, yep, this will be fine until I cast Shocking Grasp next, and then it'll all fall apart. But uh, yeah, um, so I don't know. I mean, I think that like I know this totally gainsays everything I just said, but. I think Brooks actually would like to go out and see if the torch got turned on, get healed. And if we didn't make it, then like, if we didn't do it, then whatever. I mean, we definitely got to rest. We just, we just beat the boss and a gargoyle. So yeah. that's pretty cool. It might be better to rest in town where there's a priest that can heal us without us having to use up all of our stuff and just because the torch is back on doesn't mean we're not allowed to go back into the mountain. Right, yeah. I think Kira's going along with the party because she likes the party, but she is 110% just... I, if we run into something uh, else, I can fight, but I don't want to. I We need to check on the torch. Only other thing I'm thinking is what do we do with... Uh, Marcellus Wallace or whatever her name is. <laughs> like what Maria goes on with uh, Mianda. Are we just leaving her in here and risking her possibly getting loose? Or are we taking her with us and hoping that androids can't drown? I mean stuff doesn't get wet in the bag of holding. No. And I mean oh, yeah, if, I she, if she if she she's not gonna breathe. I thought that's where she was already. Yeah. So if like she's already not breathing in there then I think we just literally keep her on. Oh, pause. I didn't know we actually did it. I thought we were just discussing putting her in the oh, bag. No. I didn't realize we, we actually very capable for. <laughs> very <laughs> capable of making jokes recall. reality. <laughs> <laughs> Wrapped her in the blanket, shoved her in the bag. As you yeah, do. No, Roborito. We did it and we are Yeah, I think that honestly I mean we have uh, an octogen septuagenarian octogenarian Zach. The octogenarian with the hammer, um, a couple different, and possibly Connor's brain is working. We don't even know about that. Connor might also be able to help out in this situation. Like a centenarian at this point, um, but true. As as much as I'm certainly curious to explore the rest of this place, I agree. Utilizing the divine resources in town to restore us and resting to recover our own abilities. I am concerned, as as I'm sure you we all are, that Sandville has already contacted his cartoon connection at the Technic League. Sorry, Texnix League. Uh, <laughs> but presumably they won't arrive tomorrow morning, so we still have an opportunity to return. And even if they did, if we were to face them under here healed only by our own resources. Yeah, we wouldn't be as lucky as we've been so far. I agree with you. Technically, even no, we're better off healed in town, reprovisioned. If we think they're coming, shouldn't we tell someone? I think we we'll tell everybody. Sorry. Mm, we, we can't stop them, but we can, I don't know, shout from the rooftops. Not literally, but maybe literally. I know some good shouting rooftops. And I am a vertical leap champion, as has been discussed. 
So if anyone were to be able to get on the rooftops, although you are now the tallest, according to your sticker. I do have a sticker. I may have the jump on you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good star wipe transition as any right there. (laughs) Montage of us trudging along the bottom, holding our breath. Still laughing. <laughs> Astro still just like a dad so satisfied with his joke. Just every That's five minutes, just like, <laughs> <laughs> like jump on. Yeah, I was looking up also just for the heck of it, the how exactly the bag of holding kills somebody, and it has ten minutes of air. So She's if fine. we figure She's like we could pull her out of the bag and then stick her back in every eight minutes or so, and she'd be fine. Like, we can retcon and say that if we find out later on that, oh, wait, no, she does need to breathe. <laughs> it's a pretty significant retcon, but why not? <laughs> One other question. I'll just crack the bag open. Um, do you have, uh, are you leaving the bodies of, like, Sandville and um, Gerald that you found uh, down here? You haul it. Are you coming up with uh, a couple corpses in addition to an unconscious robot? Or cyborg. I thought. Or Android. So I think the last time that we had talked about this, um, we had talked about it in terms of we we would like bring them close to the front, but we figured we'd just kind of leave them for other people to come and get because they don't really need adventurers to carry dead bodies. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's also our thing, and like we did just if we turned on the torch, coming back with not one dead body but two would be really like. You mean totally dampen the mood? The boys to men thing there, but like, yeah, no, it would completely dampen the mood. (laughs) Not Motown Philly at all. Um, Yeah, I don't think we should probably bring them up. I think it's probably better off to just kind of leave them near the Golden Beetles. We're coming back tomorrow, right? Yeah, you could tell. uh, Old, uh, what's his name? It's super hot in my office at the uh, Chapel of the Wanderer. Like, hey, we got some, uh, <laughs> we got some stuff here. Robots, wink. Yeah, yeah. Sandville always wanted to be uh, a robot. Now he gets his It's true. Uh, Father Radley turned him into a. Is Radley the Wanderer yeah. one? Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so we've been trudging, Radley. Sam. <laughs> Is it on or not, man? All right. I don't even care if the youth are there. I just need to know. Well, you're trudging, and, you know, you're trudging slowly because it's this dramatic moment. You have to trudge slowly um, back through, you know, the desert tunnel, um, then the skulk caves, and there's no skulks there, and that makes you a little bit sad and nostalgic. And then, you know, you walk out through the rest of the caves, out into the water and then about that time as you start you know heading for the surface I uh, run out of ways to stall and go to bed Sam you're the worst (laughs) knew it god darn it sock coming there it is there it is well I hope your night is fine Only the good deserve rest, Sam. (laughs) You stay up for one week and wait for us to get back. Good night, Sam.
against the machine. against the machine is property of its creators, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are properties of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information. Theme against the machine written and performed by our own Zach. Please consult the show notes for additional music and sound effect licensing information. Totally botched a thing I was going to do before this, but it's all right. I'll add it in post. Was that thing give us all sky medals? Probably can do that in pre. Yeah, you can do that right now. We won't tell anybody, or we will tell whoever, whichever <laughs> you, you prefer. To. We already did. That I could once. just have a sky medal. All I have to do is edit back in from twenty nine, and like, and I oh. would be remiss if I didn't award. <laughs> and I'm just like, Izzy, Zach, Jiro, <laughs> Sky medals for hitting level four. Yeah, great. if we just have yeah. Sam saying Sky medal, we can drop it every time. So it's like Sky yeah. medal, Sky <laughs> medal. Like, wow, generous. We're eventually, just gonna get your entire voice together, like the guy that made a uh, Stephen Hawking's thing. And we don't even need the GM anymore. <laughs> we could just have like this big touch pad of like sounds. <laughs> All sky metal. It doesn't appear to be trapped. <laughs> oh man, I'm not even on the right map. What am I doing? I'm not even in the right book right now. All right. Okay, I've recovered. All right, about a solid eight minutes of pregame banter in, according to my audacity. Some, some rich stuff for the bloopers, where literally every joke I, I attempt is met with, with silence and awkward. GooTube, sorry, sorry, oh, it's been Martin. a long time. It's been a Martin. long time. It's been like literal months. <laughs>